Hi, I'm Sarah. Kabang, 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 kabang. I'm in the show. Kabang, 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 kabang. Hey, maniacs. Hey, maniacs. <laughs> it's Mystery Maniacs. Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to mystery TV. Each week, we dig into the episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else that's on my T-shirt today. Yes, you do have the T-shirt on today. Good job. Yes, this week, we're covering Murdoch Mysteries, Season 2, Episode 1, Mild, Mild West. I am Mark. I'm Sarah. Before we dive in, a couple of awesome announcements. Yes. Especially for things that are going to happen fairly soon. Okay, so first of all, we made a big old donation to Target Ovarian Cancer that was based off your merch purchase. Thank you so much to everybody who bought. 250 pounds. Yes. We gave to Target Ovarian Cancer. When you say it in pounds, it just sounds... Like, well, it sounds weightier. It sounds like more money than if it's dollars. It was, thank you all. It was a great amount of money. Yeah. I can't believe how fantastic our fans are. Yes. Thanks to everybody who bought something. And again, if you've got an idea for a t-shirt, bag, Let us know. Second, Second half of the year, we're giving our merch sales to Partners in Health, who will be helping maternal health in Sierra Leone. They're building a hospital. Building a hospital. On other uh, fun announcements, listen up. This is upcoming stuff. So we're we're covering Murdoch season two. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we're going to sprinkle in some other stuff, too. Yes, including a live episode of one of the episodes for uh, season two. Yes. So that's going to be coming up. We'll, we'll announce some dates in the next week or so. If, um, you, if you want dates, the best place to do thing to do is join the newsletter because we That's where pr- they'll come out first. We'll probably announce them first in the newsletter that comes out July the 5th. Yeah. And you can join that newsletter by going to our website or I, I put it in the announcement notes for all the episodes or just email me and I'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's an easy way for us to distribute the dates, but we'll we'll announce them here, too. Um, we're just figuring out final details. But we are going to do a live episode of one of the season two Murdoch episodes. Yep. And what I'm even more excited about. It's super exciting. Is we are going to have our first, I would dare say annual, our first annual. I would even say biannual. I mid-sum- think we might do this maybe. more than once. It's going to be a Midsummer Murders live pub quiz. So this is what we're envisioning. We're not sure if we can get the technology to work yet, but we're trying okay we're envisioning that we ask a series of incredibly esoteric midsummer questions well there there will be a level of difficulty that yes. will go up yes. right some will be easy some will be hard so everybody can join in and you on your computer or your phone watching the live stream will be, will able-, be able to answer yes and the points will be placed in a leaderboard and all this yep Excellent thing. And prizes will be given. Prizes will be awarded. Yes. So that'll be fun. And again, we're going to do that sometime before the end of the summer, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Sometime before the end. Oh, my gosh. We just don't want to announce a specific date because we're still trying to figure out which tool will be best. To Happy do it. Halloween and Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's practically over already. How can it be so fast? I know. 
Also, we want to thank Jerry Iwu. Mm-hmm. He was a fantastic interview. Oh, he's so nice. He was, uh, from Sister Boniface. And we want to tell you we're trying to do more interviews, but we're not turning into an interview show. But we, we definitely do like doing them. I think they're really good for when we're taking a week off to release one of those or as an extra bonus episode in addition to the regular episodes. Yeah, we're so. always going to do regular episodes. But we've got some lines out now for some additional ones from people who we think you'll recognize. So we'll see what happens there. But in the meantime, look for dates being announced for a live episode. Those are always fun. And for the Midsummer Murders pub quiz. And we also want to announce... That contrary to public opinion, we are not a Murdoch podcast now, because after Murdoch season two, we will be covering... Father Brown season one. Father Brown, the new Father Brown. Yes. (laughs) Season one. Yes. Uh, The Mark Williams, Father Brown, and... Unless New Midsummers come out. Unless New Midsummers come out, because New Midsummers take precedence over everything. That's right. And I have a feeling probably Father Brown season one will get interrupted by New Midsummer. I think so. And we will er, scratch the record, stop everything Midsummer <laughs> if, that come, if they come out. After that, and then we'll we have back. no idea what's going to happen. No. I'm going to tell you, you don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. January 2024. Who knows? Yeah. It's a million years from now. It could be something awesome. In addition, our Reddit, the R Mystery Maniacs, has over 100 followers now. Let's hope Reddit survives. The, that <laughs> subreddit survives. If you've yeah. been following the news, it's getting kind of weird over there. Reddit's kind of weird right now. But the Midsummer subreddit and our subreddit has been uh, full of fun activity. Oh my gosh, so much fun stuff there. So Okay, are you ready for Mild Mild West? Yes. So this is a spoiler podcast. We remind you that... We're going to ruin it. We're going to ruin it. And if your kids can go to a wild west show which they don't have anymore Thank did goodness. you ever go to any no wild... i went to frontier town in upper state new york it would have been maybe 78 79 it was the same year that i went to santa claus's village so i'll tell you right off the bat the amount of gunfire in this episode Makes me disconcerted. I really don't like it. It's a lot of gunfire. And I know they were more common back then, but I just hate it. All the firing up in the air, really. Like, yep. those bullets have to come down. Yep. And I am I guess maybe they were blanks, but probably not. Yeah. In reality, in the yeah. in the actual show. Yes. No, I'm not saying, like, when firming, filming Murdoch, they were using actual bullets. I'm no, sure no. they weren't. But no, no. Just, ah. Uh, and then... Drunk people with guns. I'm like, just, ah, stop it. Yep. Originally aired on February 10th. (laughs) get it out of my system. (laughs) 2009, directed by Paul Fox and written by Derek Schreier. Hey, it's a carnival. (laughs) And the games are rigged for Brackenreed. Poor Brackenreed. Oh, it's the wind. Julia is so nice. I'm sure it's the wind. But maybe William should try. First shot gets it. There's uh, somebody throwing knives, and I looked into the history of knife throwing. Another thing that makes me really nervous. And actually, it was kind of like, of course, there were uh, contests of skill like this with archery and knife throwing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But this sort of sensationalism knife event Mm -hmm. is actually started out of Buffalo Bill's performances in Europe. Wow. So He did meet Queen Victoria, by yep, the way. He yep. brags about it. He actually did. 
So this she liked him. This wave of popularity of Wild West shows and the Western arts involved knife throwing, archery, whip cracking, and sharpshooting, and we definitely see some of that on display here. So that knife throwing is not out of time and actually anachronistic. It's, it's actually really well placed. You know what is anachronistic? What cowboy hats? Cowboy hats. Do you know why? Yes, because cowboys didn't wear cowboy hats. Well, first of all, they weren't called cowboys. No. <laughs> but the hats they wore, I guess initially, if you can just imagine in your head, you know, the typical Marlboro man looking guy on a horse. Yep. The sun behind him. Yep. Check shirt. In the early leather vest. In the early days jeans, of the Wild West. Boots. He would have been wearing a bowler. Absolutely would have been wearing a bowler. Like a Charlie Chaplin bowler. Yep. And then, but those didn't provide a lot of sunshade. So the first hat that we would consider sort of quote a cowboy hat was called. This has the best name of any hat. Okay. It was called the Boss of the Plain. The Boss of the Plain. Yeah, that's the name of the hat. George is the Boss of the Plain. Later on, it was Stetson's first hat rolled out in 1865. So the top of it was a cylinder, a straight up cylinder with a flat top and the brim was perfectly round and perfectly flat. It looked more like an Amish hat yeah. than what we now call a cowboy hat. And they wore a lot of top hats in the Old West too. Yeah, but the boss of the plane the boss became of the very popular. I have to say it, boss of the plane. I'll, I'll try to find a picture of that and throw it in the show notes. It became popular because it offered more shade to your eyes uh, than a bowler or another kind of hat did. So they became popular. And this is really like the popularization of the mythology of America. Yeah. We have to remember at this point, America is not a super superpower. No. Like it's and even Bill admits like these things all this stuff that we're talking about is long ago and you know, long ago gone because he was already doing this show in the 1850, 1870s, sorry. Yeah, like really right after the Civil War, he started it. Yeah, so these days are long gone and most of the stuff that they're talking about is kind of mythologized anyway. But it had lots of incredibly well-known people in it like Annie Oakley, like Sitting Bull. Yeah. Like Calamity Jane, she was a storyteller that was part of all these. Such a good name, yeah. Calamity. <laughs> and and all of these things, these reenactments of Custard's Last Stand and Not Custard. Custer. Custer's last stand. <laughs> the reenactment of Custard's, Custard's last, last stand would be very different. <laughs> Custard's last stand. It's a blamage. <laughs> blamage. <Okay>. Um <laughs> It's all that mythologizing of the West, including... It's romanticizing. Yeah, including, unfortunately, a lot of anti-Native American stuff. So much. Yeah. Though there were a lot of Native Americans involved in the show, I, I don't know how much they were... I don't know if they were paid the same. I'm sure they were voluntary, but they may not have had a lot of other options. In fact, there were a lot of... Um, they had in the original Wild West show, they had Turks, Gauchos, Arabs, Mongols, and Georgians displaying distinctive horse and colorful costumes. Nice. If they were real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of this is a magical wonderland. Absolutely. So, so we've got Wild Bill, and then there's... Um, Annie Oakley. Annie Oakley. Well, Wh she, but she doesn't have a good nickname. She's not Crazy Annie or anything. She's no. just Annie, right? 
you said that you talked about Calamity Jane being another um, yep. real person, but then in the episode, we've got one eye. We've uh, Jaws, Jaws and Rick Rollins. What what would your old west nickname be? Uh, hips hurt. <laughs> hips hurt, Bell. <laughs> Is that like a reference to how much you rode a horse uh, I, I or arthritis or, or uh, can't shoot worth a darn bell? <laughs> Those aren't very good nicknames. No. Well, I wouldn't make a very good cowboy. I think I would be like a pinky pea shooter. Yeah. Pinky pea shooter is good. And my, my shtick would, would be like, that I would shoot with really small guns. Yep. I would be like, what? This is dirty out here and not very organized. It's loud. You guys can do this a lot more efficiently. (laughs) (laughs) What is your workflow? (laughs) Party planner bell. Logistics bell. (laughs) Logistics bell. You're so hardcore old West, honey. (laughs) Yep. You're behind the scenes, I think. Yes. And we have Buffalo Bill, who was a real guy who did shoot a lot of buffaloes, including like a 24-hour buffalo shooting contest and all sorts of things. But I'm like, wait a minute. That's Nicholas Campbell. Yeah. A very famous Canadian. The actor. Actor. Yeah. Who you would recognize instantly from a million things, but he has been in everything. Like his IMDP page is super full and he's still working. Awesome. He's 71, I think, now. He was in The Omen. Wow. Right? That was that. his first movie. He was in Space 1999, a fantastically bizarre space show from the UK in the 90s. In the 80s, he was in David Cronenberg's The Brood mm. about a bunch of demon babies that take over <laughs> an apartment. Speaking of The Omen, wait a minute, demon babies who take over an apartment? Yep. It's like Village of the Dam, but in one building. Oh, and they're much more evil. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and it's David Cronenberg, so you don't want to know where they come from. That (laughs) might be a little bit close to home. When we lived in an apartment, (laughs) we lived in a two bedroom apartment, and our kids were like three. Yeah, we had four three year olds in a two bedroom apartment. That was kind of the brood. I may have referred to them as the brood. (laughs) He is. Uh, Dodds in The Dead Zone, too. Ah, Stephen uh, King movie. And he's well known for a show in Canada called da, Vin- da Vinci's Inquest, where he plays a like medical examiner coroner. Cool. Well, Weird. he's a good Buffalo Bill. Yeah, I think, well, he's a fantastic actor, and he does a great job of making Buffalo Bill both humanized and characterized. Like, he enjoys the mythologizing of the West, but, but he's he, realistic he's about it. He's very realistic about it. Well, he and was he a businessman. For his people. Yeah, he was a businessman. He was serious about making money and running the business. And you want we were joking about logistics. But imagine moving a show like this overseas. Yeah. That's how do you do that? Right? All those horses, all those people, all those props on a boat. Yep. It would have been an interesting boat ride, too. They did it in the 1870s. Yep, absolutely. It's incredible. They were in London for Victoria's Jubilee. Well, they had to take all the the bad games that... uh, That Bracken Reed can't win. Bracken can't win. (laughs) The rope's too short. This is... um, They're as bad as a nine bob note. Chekhov's lasso. Yes, <laughs> Chekhov's lasso. <laughs> right? Because we have to know that Murdoch can throw a lasso. 
because yep. later it's going to become important. He says nine bob note here. Um, it's a weird thing that people do where they say something is is as weird or they use other words like a three dollar bill three dollar bill two dollar bill in canada though i remember having two dollar bills in canada i say two dollar bill doesn't work because we had two dollar bills too yeah we, and they're still toonies everybody had two dollar bills and you can't do it now because they have toonies uh and murdoch wins a hat now this hat, that's a nice prize that is a for throwing super a nice. big rope around a big horse that's like five feet away. <laughs> and it is a big hat. And it's like lined and it's a it's a high quality hat, but Bracken Reed's not gonna put it on. Nope. But you know who well? well George, George, of course. <laughs> so every year before a show starts, they meet with the showrunner, the the principal actors, and probably some of the people who are gonna write episodes. Mm-hmm. And they say, this year on the show, we're going to do these things. Right. And they clearly said, this year, we're going to have more of the funny. Yeah. Because there is definite jokes in this episode. Right off the bat. This this is, we keep saying that this is the quintessential new Murdoch episode, but this is the era it starts. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. because we cut to George looking like a ginormous 10-year-old. Yes. <laughs> Did you see the kid behind him trying to see yes. around? Him? He has to stand up. He's got his popcorn. Brackenry just keeps looking at him like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed to be near you. This is this is why we love George because he is unbridled, youthful enthusiasm. Yeah. Curiosity. He's like joy. Throws himself into it. Absolutely enjoys it. And boy. The next note I have is, that's a lot of shooting. Yes. <laughs> they just come out and they're like, hi, I'm Sarah. Kabang, 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 kabang. I'm in the show. Kabang, 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 kabang. Like, you don't have to punctuate every word with a gunshot. I and they must you. have magically auto-filling guns, too. Because they would have to stop and refill those six-shooters yep. all the time. I went to Frontier Town when I was a child. I mentioned it before. There was a show like this we went to. There of was course. kabang, kabang, kabang. And we also rode on a train that got robbed. <gasps> it was fantastic. Okay. I can remember. But who a, robbed it? Some little, some bandits with masks oh, Okay, on. okay. They were they were Wild West bandits. It wasn't natives who no. robbed. Good. No. Okay. <laughs> they would have to employ natives. <laughs> so they stopped the train. They, they rode the horses along the train wow. and jumped onto the train. Whoa. While we're on the train. Whoa. It was pretty fantastic. The fact that you remember it and you would have been, what, eight or something? Eight or nine. That's, I don't think I was that's that. That's some fancy stunt work it, for... For upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's still around. I'll have to look. I to see a front think health town. and safety would let them do that no, anymore. Well, that whole trip was health and safety problems. <laughs> the, I, we also went to Santa Claus's Village, and I have to say, even at that early age, I was like... These rides are sus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Santa Claus might be bullshit. Maybe. Oh, I knew Santa Claus yeah. was was uh, not the person he says he is. <laughs> we might have young listeners. Did, did, did he smell like liquor? <laughs> <laughs> so Wilcox and McRollins have this this uh, this show this trick where Wilcox shoots at McRollins, right? 
He shoots his hat off. He shoots his bottle out of his hand. And then McRollins catches a bullet in his grill. Yep. <laughs> his gold teeth. He's got one real tooth in his mouth. Well, he's one tooth McLeod or whatever his yeah. name is. But does that mean he has gold dentures? I don't know. It's kinda, or are they not considering a, like a crown, like a cap, a real tooth? I got to think it's hard to eat with that much gold in your mouth. I can't stand to have anything. Like if I bite on a piece of foil, it's like I've been electrocuted. Like yeah. the, ugh, the feeling. I can't imagine having that much metal in your mouth. No. It's just bad. Buffalo Bill does a, a kind of cool thing here where when he's telling the story, it's old timey film. Mm-hmm. And what, what I think that's a nod to two things. First of all, the whole notion of the Wild West is deeply linked to the early early films. Right. Right? So our view, our views of the Clappard town and the train and the, the, the wagon train and all that stuff come straight out of Hollywood. Yeah. This town the, ain't big enough for the two of us. So I think that that's great that they do that. Mm -hmm. But also, I wanted to, I think it's a slight reference to, remember when I told you about the Black Mariah at Edison's shop? Mm-hmm. Annie Oakley did a movie there. Oh. In 80, uh, so it would be 94 she did a movie. So right before this, she did a movie for Thomas Edison where they're throwing up. Now, <laughs> the Black Mariah is not big. No. And they're throwing up these glass uh, balls and she's shooting at them. And I'm like... That's going right down the side of the yeah, Black Mariah. The bullet is going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, that was not safe. No. <laughs> and no. luckily, they filmed it. So, the whole purpose of this movie kind of flashback is that Wilcox and McRollins are famous because they killed this outlaw named Chester McGee. Yeah. Right. And they supposedly gave him a fair shot. They slid him a gun and they still shot him before he could pull off a shot. And so they're a famous twosome for hunting down this outlaw. And now they're in Wild Bill's show. Yes. And this is all not real. No. But there, there's hundreds of stories like this. Right. But that's what gets him in the show and makes him famous and whatever. Yes. But, of course, Jaws doesn't catch a bullet in his teeth. He has a bullet in his mouth already, and somebody else shoots him at the same time. Which, okay, the person who shoots him, mm -hmm. let's call him the kid who takes care of the horse. <laughs> Theodore. Theodore. Like, there's no buildings around here. Mm -mm. There's no mountains or cliffs around here. <laughs> okay. So when he shot from the side of the stands, mm -hmm. Everyone should have immediately turned and looked at him. I don't know. I, I I completely buy that everybody would have been paying really close attention to somebody about to shoot somebody else in the head. Me, uh, I guess. But as soon as that shot was fired, somebody's got to look to the side. Well, he is shooting a rifle, and that would sound really different than a pistol. Mm -hmm. But... I, I don't know. I mean, if he was between the barrels, he was out of sight, he was fast, and then he would just look like some guy standing there as soon as he put the gun down, I, I think he could have pulled it off. Well, luckily, Murdoch, Braggenreed, George, and Julia are all here. Yep. And take care of looking into what's going on. Because it's the age-old trope of the busman's holiday, right? Yes. Wherever a cop goes, there's going to be a crime. Yep. 
But at least Murdoch has Julia, who's also part of it, and not like Barnaby and Joyce. Joyce would have been like, oh, I'll go home. See you later. Yep. Another day ruined. Yep. Fine. Like the boating. <laughs> Everything we do for fun, somebody dies. So the idea is that he doesn't actually shoot him. He just brings the bullet in from underneath his tongue. It's a it's an old magician's trick, mm-hmm. right? And the puff that he takes on the cigarette makes it look like gun makes smoke it in look his like mouth. Gun smoke in his mouth. But those all. gold teeth, ah, like we're supposed to believe that because his teeth are gold, he can stop a bullet. Ah, yeah. I'm. There's two things that really make me squeamish in shows, and that's teeth stuff and eye stuff. Well, you get teeth stuff. In and this. man, when Julia looks at his body and opens his mouth and there's that bloody gum, I yep. just, oh, it makes yep. my face hurt. <laughs> I know it's not real and it still makes my face hurt. This is my least favorite Margaret episode because she is the most un-Margaret person in this episode. Yeah, Mrs. Bracken Reed. All she does is bustle in and bustle out and chastise. And she's and, way more interesting than that. she's not like that. Not later. like she You wants, have such a soft spot for her. You're like, that's not who she really is. She wants well, to. Guess imp- what? She's not really a person. She wants <laughs> She wants to improve Bracken, Bracken Reed. But she also has a fun, interesting streak to her. She too. does later. But so. right now, she's just mother hen. Yeah, that's what I she does. Like it. I love that Bracken Reed hides his liquor in Murdoch's desk. <laughs> and when he finds, when he gets it out, Murdoch looks at him like, Huh? How did that get? Of course, it's there. Never mind. Anyway, yep. <laughs> he know? just keeps moving on. He does it. He wears it on his face, and then he just moves on. Yep. So um, they got to find the bullet in the haystack. Have they never heard of a magnet? Like, uh, or water? It's another way to do it. You put it in water, and the bullet sinks, and the hay floats. Not if it's wedged in a big bale. No, you unbale it. That would have been a big bucket. Yeah. Well, okay. usually what you do is you create a usually, big trough. Usually, is this something you do on a regular basis? Well, I do have a <laughs> trivia question for you. What is the first instance of looking for a needle in a haystack? Oh, I don't know. Take a wild guess. I would have thought it would have been like from a fairy tale or something. It was an impossible task that somebody had to complete, like a Rumpelstiltskin kind of task. 1532, Thomas Moore. It is like to go looking for a needle in a meadow. No, that's not a haystack, though. That's not the same. But that's kind of the first instance of it. Also a case where a magnet would have helped. Exactly. Well, (laughs) how do they work? (laughs) I like how Buffalo Bill talks to Teddy here. Mm -hmm. He says, this is a good job. You did a good thing. Keep it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, He's a good boss. He is a very good. And like, he has a fine shirt on. I look at Bill's shirt yep. the whole episode. It's yep. beautiful. It's like silk and embroidered and awesome. Okay. So now we have our two stereotypes, which are black, angry cowboy guy and Annie Oakley. Yeah. <laughs> so black, angry cowboy guy is Wharton. Mm-hmm. And he could be summed up. He's the loner. Yes. Who has few words. Few words. Yep. And that's what he is. Nope. I don't think his race has anything to do with it. He's the loner. Yep. I think 
He's I think, the cowboy used to be in on his own. I think it's a nod to the fact that a lot of people don't realize how many black cowboys there were. Yeah. But it's never spoken about. But he's the bounty hunter. Yes. Really, he's the Boba Fett of this episode. He is. He's Boba <laughs> Fett. He's the Mandalorian yes. of this episode. Yes. This is the way. Few words. Yes. Me and my weapon. Yep. You know, serious. Yeah, I'll break <laughs> into a morgue and cut a man's head off for money. And Murdoch telling anybody <laughs> that they don't talk enough? Murdoch. Yeah. Hello, pot calling. Bring, bring, bring. So Annie and Brackenreed start the flirting right away. Annie's quite the flirt. Yep. Her, but she's so well documented, Annie Oakley is. They looked at photos and they recreated her dress perfectly. Yes. Do you know how they, uh, she's actually married at this point in time to another sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Do you know how they met? No. Uh, he, she beat him in a contest. Nice. And that's how they met. Didn't they get married when she was like 15 or something? Uh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> they were married for like a long time. They were. She's got all of her medals on, which she always did for the show. Every yep. photo of her shows that. She's got like the wide skirt with the crinolines underneath yep. it, which was considered very short for the time that it oh, only went below she, her knees. She was a scandalous lady. Well, I think it was because she started when she was so young that that's the kind of dress you would expect a 15, 16-year-old girl to wear. And she just stayed with that aesthetic. It's almost right? exactly the same dress she's in in the movie. Mm. I think that's another reason why I think they're directly referencing the movie. Mm-hmm. But she's flirting like, you want some, you want a swaller? Yep. Bracken raid? <laughs> now. You want some hooch? I do have a problem. You have lots of problems, but I love you anyway. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> She has toured Europe. Yes. I don't know if she's going to call Brackenmead's accent funny. Um, In the context of where she meets him. And she might not mean it. Maybe. She might just be flirting. Well, she's certainly flirting hardcore. Uh, <laughs> Let's get you drunk and shooting. <laughs> Another thing that makes me so nervous, <laughs> even in a TV show. So we find out the bullet has comes from a hollow point, which means it's from a rifle. And... And then Brackenreed does the best Murdoch impression ever as George invents post-its. <laughs> After the joke of, well, the bullet came from a rifle, so we don't need to find the extra bullet. Yeah. <laughs> and they just find it then. George and, and Henry have been doing this all day. <laughs> and this is... This, Never mind that. This is a long line of George and... And uh, Henry doing, Henry doing useless drudgery that turns out to be useless. Yeah, that impression of Murdoch is fantastic. He drops his voice and just <laughs> does it so well. And Murdoch's like, "Is that supposed to be me, sir? <laughs> Take this parchment paper, roll this glue on it, yes. stick it all over the place." Yeah, I guess it's not post-its; it's tape. Yes. He invents tape. They come very close to saying the S word, but they know not to. What? Scotch. Oh. The, the notion of Scotch tape is hugely racist. Don't look into it. It's sad. Yeah, it's as bad as Paddy Wagon. Yes. So. <laughs> Bill Bill says his eyesight's bad, so it couldn't have been him, right? So they, <laughs> they narrow it down to Wharton, the bounty hunter, Boba Fett, and Annie Oakley as being the two best shots who could have shot um, uh, Jaws. Yes. And before the sentence is even finished, Bracken reads like, I'll talk to Annie. I have rapport with her. Yep. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the lady. She's got 
One, liquor. Two, she's a pretty girl. Yep. I'm out. I'm out. Bring your wife and your sweetheart. Yeah. That's a charming line. I I would absolutely not doubt that's a real line from Buffalo Bill. Oh, I can believe it too. Yeah, yeah, because he's handing out free tickets in the uh, in the station. Yeah. So Wharton, Jaw, Wharton, Wharton says that Jaws got handsy with Annie, yeah. which I'm sure happened. Yeah. I mean, how many women were part of this show? Yeah. Probably not that many. I mean, I'm sure there were some seamstresses and stuff, but not many performed in the show. Yeah. Um, but She's like, if uh, I wanted to kill him, I would have done it. And Warren comes <laughs> off as you know? educated here, too. He's well-read. Yeah. So then... I would have aimed lower than his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> then somebody breaks into the morgue and cuts off Jaws's head. Yeah. I think, I think Julia needs to be more like... Oh my gosh, look yes. at what happened. Not, I can't believe somebody did this. I feel, I am offended. I am violated that somebody broke into my morgue. Like, but they stole his head. Like, yeah. his head. <laughs> you know, like that's And a, left the bone saw in, in the, the sink. sink. You could clean up my mess. They didn't even wash the dishes it's when like they were done. It's like they're a teenager. Yes. I guess I it had never like connected in my in my head that when they say there's a bounty on your head that somebody would have literally turned in somebody's head to get that That's bounty. Messy work. Like heads in a bag is gross. It's just uh I, I just never made that connection that you could just bring the head to get so, the money. But it ends up it's Cowboy Boba Fett. He yes. tries to take off in like the worst taking off ever. Yeah. I'm just going to run for it. <laughs> but Murdoch gets on the horse and takes care of business. Chekhov's lasso. Yep. You knew it he was, was going to come he back. He was worth $2,000. That is an enormous amount of money. Enormous. Well, Money in this episode is messed up. Yeah. Because they talk about how much money the people on the show make a week and talk about it not being a lot, but it's actually more than Murdoch makes. Yeah. In like a year or and something. And $2,000 would be what he'd make in a decade. It'd be enough to live on yeah. forever. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Uh, and Bracken Reed says that, I think it's Bracken Reed, says that Wharton has skedaddled. Skedaddle. I love skedaddle. It's such a fun word. It's a term from the Civil War. Oh, okay. It's U.S. military slang. Skedaddled? Yeah. For what? I, it, that's, to run away. Yeah, they to run away. Yeah, but it, it, it was originally U.S. military slang. Speaking of slang. Speaking of slang. Can we take a moment and do a little Wild West slang quiz? Of course we can. Here, while the lasso is midair around, about to land on Morton, we pause. We call him Cowboy Boba Fett. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the bounty hunter. Yep. All right, so what I have is I have real slang from the Wild West. Okay. And I'm going to give you the term, and you're going to guess what you think it means. Okay, and these are not easy ones like little doggies or... No, no. You know, these have got to be tough ones. I looked through 30 pages of Wild West slang. Because I have watched Western movies. I know. I was careful. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to pee. How many are there? I'm not going to tell you yet. Okay. <clears throat> I hope to get 40% right. What do you think a crowbar hotel is? Okay. Crowbar hotel. I would think a crowbar hotel is a place that you find a house or a homestead out west that is locked up, but no one's there. 
They're either gone to war or they got the pox or something. No one's there. And so you break in to stay there. It's like a it's like a forced bed sit. Like a you, squat. A squat that you need to stay at. No. Oh. A crowbar hotel is jail. Oh. That makes sense, doesn't it? You thought way too hard about that. I thought that. way too hard on you got, that. You gotta, you gotta, I had a whole scenario. It's okay. You got to get your brain warmed okay, up. You gotta okay. Warm it up. Think like a cowboy. Okay. Y'all. Y'all. A slang wanger. <laughs> slang wanger. What is a slang wanger? Uh, I'm going to say a slang wanger is an Easterner trying to sound like a cowboy. Like <laughs> me. <laughs> you think you're a slang wanger? I'm a slang wanger. <laughs> no, it's just a term for a noisy talker. Oh, okay. Somebody in the bar gets a little drunk, talks too loud. Slang wanger. Slang wanger. Man, you got that one wrong too. I did. Maybe I ought to give you an easy one. <laughs> what do you think an alfalfa desperado is? Alfalfa desperado. Uh-huh. Someone who steals food crops. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's too literal. Okay. It's a farmer. Okay. Alfalfa <laughs> Desperado. Okay. Maybe I'll give you an even easier <laughs> one. A bone orchard. That would be a graveyard. Yes. Okay. Bing, there bing, we, bing, bing. You I got, got one right. I got one. Wow. How about Adam's Ale? Adam's Ale. Water. Yes. Yo, yes. I'm on a roll Gosh, why, now. Why am I cheering for you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What do you think it means to run against a pill? Run against a pill. I don't know. What happened to old Bob? Oh, he ran against a pill. Got poisoned? Got shot. Shot. Oh, a pill like a, a bullet. A vaulting house. <laughs> I like this one. Would that be a house of ill repute? It is. It's a brothel. <laughs> Nice. I'm going to go over to the vaulting house and do some vaulting. Because that's supposed to make it sound classy? I don't know. But how, like, that's going to get somebody hurt. What do you think a lunger is? A lunger. Singer. No. You want to take another guess? A heavy breather. Somebody with tuberculosis. Oh, they got the TB. They didn't have that word then. I know. All right. I'm going to give you a couple more. Okay. What do you think it means to wear your bustle wrong? Pants backwards. Okay. Think again. <laughs> Let me coach you a little bit. You know what a bustle is, right? Yeah. Oh, your your gun belt is on backwards. No. Okay. There were more than men in the Wild West. Who wears a bustle? A woman. And if they're wearing it wrong, what's a bustle? Like, it, it's the thing that goes over your butt. Right. It makes it look big, right? Yeah. So if you're wearing it wrong. You're a fat lady. Your bustle's out front. Which would mean? You're pregnant. Yes. I'm not giving that one to you. Wow. I got that one. No, you didn't. (laughs) I'll give you one more. All right. What do you think this phrase means? Okay. Five beans in the wheel. Five beans in the wheel. Well, we got five fingers. We got five toes. Five toes getting run over. No. (laughs) Man, you would never survive in the Wild West. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Okay. Okay. Five is one less than six. And it's one more than four. (laughs) Why would six be important in the Wild West? Oh, six shooter. Yes. So five beans in the wheel means you've taken a shot. It means that you've left one part of the pistol unloaded. Yeah. One part, one cartridge unloaded for safety. Oh. Right. So the, the cartridge, the, the part of the revolver that is, um, next to the trigger is empty. 
Oh, so, so you, don't, you don't shoot yourself accidentally. Yeah, like one of going, the going you leave, over a trampoline right. or a, <laughs> <laughs> you leave a chamber empty so you don't accidentally shoot somebody when you're going to the Valton house <laughs> after drinking a bunch of Adam's ale and you don't accidentally run against a pill. Nope. You slang wanger. <laughs> I am clearly not a slang wanger. I'll give you one more bonus because okay. I love this one it's so much. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. Okay, we're at camp. Okay. And we're around the campfire at night. We're around the campfire. We've had a long day of wrestling or whatever we've done. <laughs> I can't quit you. You ask the camp cook if he's got any mysteries tonight. What are you asking for? Uh, cans that don't have labels. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I see your That's logic. That's a mystery. <laughs> Remember back then they just printed right on the can? Yeah. So you'd, you'd have to rub the can real hard to rub the paint off of it. You want to guess again? Um, <laughs> for some reason, I keep thinking sausages. Yes. Oh. That's what they are. There we go. I'll even give you that one. <laughs> so ends Mark's horrible <laughs> slang, cowboy slang quiz. Yeah, you kind of chewed gravel on that. That's I, slang for falling off a horse. I did indeed. <laughs> Chewed gravel. Meanwhile, Murdoch has a lasso in the air. Yes. He does a great job of getting Morton right around the middle. Yep. My terror is that he would have accidentally caught him by the head. Yeah, there's a nice cut there where we're... Uh, he throws it. Not shown who does that. And, and tell just him. imagine if it hadn't gone down over his arms oh, and his torso, if it just grabbed his neck. Yep. Would have broke his neck, easy. But now Murdoch can say he rode Wild Bill's horse. Yes. The prettiest horse in town. It's pretty. It's so silver. No. Yep. <laughs> and then George does the worst, world's worst eye test on Wild Bill. <laughs> so they Murdoch says, look over there. I think somebody's trying to give you a message. <laughs> what? And what does the sign say? It says I'm holding this this sign, fifty feet, fifty yards away, which is the same distance of whatever. I mean, it's like a paragraph. Yeah, I've got a picture of it. He just happens to have a big piece of poster board to paint it on, or whatever. He can't see it. Got so, his glasses on. Now Breckenry goes and sees Annie, mm -hmm. and he falls off the wagon. Get it, wagon? I get it, because some drunken lout got his hands on a <laughs> rifle last night. Yeah, it was your boss. You aren't fruity, are you? Wow. Oof. Well, she says his accent's queer. Yeah. Too. Wait a minute, Sherlock, you're holding it wrong. Yeah. I would think that Brackenreed, if he wasn't tanked, would be a pretty good shot. He's yes. been in the military. He's been to war. I mean, not Annie Oakley level trick shot, but a pretty good shot, I'd say. I don't... I mean, he doesn't kiss her or anything. I don't think anything bad happens here. No. But he is promising Margaret he's not drinking, and he's clearly drinking. Yes. And then he blames Murdoch for it to Margaret and gets Murdoch in trouble. <laughs> Margaret clearly has Murdoch's number here. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm very disappointed in you, which is the worst thing a mom can say to anybody. Especially it, Murdoch. It could be a total stranger, <laughs> and if a mom says, I'm very disappointed in you, like, yeah. That's a bad day for anybody. <laughs> he's like, I didn't have anything. But he's a, Murdoch's a good friend. He's like, 
oh, I'm, I'm real sorry. You know, yep. he, he totally throws himself under the bus. Yep. Takes care of business. It can roll over me. It's okay. So there's a second murder here. Mm-hmm. Kind of late, too. Yep. So Wilcox, who is Jaws's friend, yep. gets shot in his tent. Also gets shot. And there's a whole bunch of sort of reenactments trying to figure out how he gets shot the way he gets shot. Mm-hmm. Well, but then there's a slide mark on the ground. Yep. Because luckily these tents have like plywood floors or something. I, Wouldn't it just be dirt and grass? Which you can't slide a gun on unless yes. the grass is like dewy or something. Um, and it wouldn't leave a mark like that. But luckily, it's like plywood with sawdust on top of it. So it leaves a perfect track Trail. that nobody has walked through yet. If only we had a sticky tape with a dispenser and household adhesives. I think this whole camp would be knee deep in gun shells anyway. And poop. <laughs> but probably not in the tent. No, I don't Hopefully. think there would be poop in the tent. <laughs> But yes, but you're talking about animal, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's be specific. And then, and then Bracken reads like, "Let's go to the armory." Like <laughs> everybody has guns in this episode. <laughs> well, Murdoch says, "I think we're going to have to open the armory." Yeah, that's so right. that the, the so that two of them, so that George and Bracken Reed can get guns. Well, they know that the killer shoots people. Yeah. So they need but guns. Murdoch doesn't get a gun. Well, no, because he's Murdoch. He. He has the power to talk. They get the telegram from the Rio Grande Marshal. Yes. Harry the Gun Bowler and One Tooth Ackerson. Yep. Are not who they seem, but that doesn't mean they should be dead. Harry the Gun is the worst Wild West nickname. George the Hat. (laughs) It's like (laughs) Bill the guy who rides a horse. Murdoch the Rope. (laughs) Bracken Reed the Lout. Bracken read the bottle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they call somebody a saddle tramp. Yeah. Like, that's a bad name for somebody. Yeah. Saddle tramp. Crabtree covers Murdoch's office in these pieces of paper. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> Again, they, they push the jokes in this episode. Yes. I mean, they're like... Between the windows, across the windows, yep. the chalkboard's covered. They're everywhere. Like, George has been in this episode. We've seen him in other places. He wasn't just there rolling glue on every surface <laughs> of the entire camp the whole time. But, of course, superpowered Murdoch looks at all these pieces of paper. And, and finds st- one there. The right one <laughs> instantly. I thought there'd be a map where George had numbered each page and numbered where he picked it up. He probably should have. Well, he tells him to number them by location. And maybe Murdoch looked at that and we just didn't see it. Maybe. And he knew that this one at eye level on the chalkboard right here has one hair on it. And they put it all together and it ends up Theodore Chester Jones. Well, only two people touch that horse. Well, three. Three. Murdoch, Wild Bill... And Theodore. We know Wild Bill couldn't shoot that far. Right. He needs to get his glasses out. And Murdoch didn't do it. And plus, Wild Bill was in front of everybody. (laughs) Yes, there is that. But who was looking at him? Nobody. Everybody was enthralled by Jaws. So it must have been Theo. And actually, the story about why Theo did it is really sad. Yep. The railroad wanted his dad's land, probably to put the railroad through. He wouldn't sell. So the railroad sent these two... 
desperado jerk faces, the gun and one tooth, and they shot him in the back. Yeah, and robber barons were certainly real, and there was a lot of stuff that happened in the the old Westy times that was not good, and this mm. is a good example of how to deal with it, but it is an incredibly bad example of an inciting incident. Yeah, because we couldn't possibly know it. Why on earth could he have not killed them six months before? Yeah. A year before. As soon as they joined. Five years before. Well, yeah. as soon as they joined Wild Bill's show. As soon as he, he figured it out. Yeah. But no, he had to seethe and wait until he was in Canada. I guess maybe there was some evidence he was waiting for. Even a line that said, I waited until it got across the border so I could escape. Yeah. Like even that. Or I thought it was them and then Jaws got drunk and called the other guy the gun by accident or for fun or that they called him one tooth for fun. Solves the problem so simply. Something like but that would have been But there's no reason nice. to have him kill the first guy. Because poor Theodore. Yeah. He seems genuinely sad. He's, and he's good at taking care of a horse, apparently. He is. Unfortunately, he's also a murderer, even though Murdoch says, stop, or I'll say stop again. And he stops. Then my favorite scene of the episode. <laughs> the best scene of the episode. Murdoch is standing there. The camera's panning. It's zooming in on him. There's a painted backdrop of the Wild West behind he's him. He's a lone gunman. You hear George narrating. This he, is... Even this though he didn't even have a nightstick. There is... there. This is the beginning of George as a writer. Yes, Yep. Then he turns, and all the constables are standing there giggling. Did you see what, <laughs> the, const what the constables are standing in front of? Some kind of game. It's a wall of circles. Yeah, it's a wall <laughs> of holes, which I'm guessing you're supposed to throw something through. The smaller ones are worth more points or something. Maybe. That's quite enough, George. That's <laughs> such a thing. Again, it but is he's so smiling. Right yep. He's smiling. Yep. All right. And best it's an ending that doesn't involve Murdoch and Julia. No. They can't all be like, ha, 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 we love each other, but we're not saying anything. Well, I think, and this is somewhat spoilers, we're going to get hot and heavy into Julia and Murdoch, mm -hmm. Green Moose, mm -hmm. hot and heavy. Yes. And I think they knew that that was going to happen later on, and they know the end of this season. So they're like, no nookie nookie until we get to there. <laughs> Because Julia might as well be a man in this episode. There's She's no, part of the team. There's no flirting in no. the... In the uh, <laughs> might as well be a man. Would uh, a man react the way she does to somebody stealing the corpse's head? <laughs> I don't think so. Some varmint stole his head. <laughs> Some slang wanger just went and stole his jug. Made a big old mess in my bone house. <laughs> <laughs> Got body juices everywhere. Boba even... Fett, what are you doing? <laughs> What's in the bag, Boba Fett? <laughs> Wharton drops the bag as soon as they start chasing him. And I just imagine the head rolling out of the bag. <laughs> Like that would distract everybody. I was like, I was like, so he's got like a, uh, a bag a over his shoulder, yeah. And then he has like a, a case. Yeah. Like, I'm like, where's the head? Yeah. <laughs> is the head in the suitcase or is it in the sack? And where's his guns? He would have guns. He would. And he, long guns. Yep. But no, Bo Boba Fett's got the head in the bag. It should be bloody. The bag <laughs> should be bloodstained. Or like one eye should be poking out of a hole. You should just see like a glint of his teeth. Before he goes to the boneyard. 
No, it's the Bone Orchard. Best corpse, Jaws or Wilcox? I'm going to say Jaws because I think Wilcox moves. He does on the slab. He yeah. winks. Oh, he winks. We've got a screenshot like, of the like point winks, where like I wink because like, I'm the world's worst winker. Um, no, because he doesn't twist his whole body and tip his head just to move one <laughs> eye like you do when you wink at somebody. His eye opens and closes really quickly. Okay. Um, and we've got a screenshot of the moment when it happens. So if you go to that point, you'll be able to see it. Yep. So I'm I'm with you. I'm with I go for Jaws. He and plus he's got that yucky gold teeth, bloody yeah. stump oh. prosthetic in his mouth yeah. too. Oof. That's a that's a good prosthetic. He's got to lay there while uh, Helene Joy like plays with his lips, like yeah. By the way, that's the star of the episode. <laughs> that's pretty good corpse acting. Yep. All right. After the credits, did you know Jaws's real name? No. Bill Yak. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Okay, after the credits, we have John Warden or Cowboy Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. So he's going to go and continue to be John Warden. I don't he, think he's going to get in trouble. For stealing the head? I don't think so. It's, it's small potatoes compared to everything else they've yeah. got going on. Annie Oakley's going to shoot and drink more. Well, Buffalo Bill's show is just going to keep going. Yeah. Right? So everybody involved with that is going to keep going. Margaret's going to... Get a lot more fun. Get, yeah, she's going to loosen up, be more fun. Teddy's um, going to get the noose, I would think. Yeah, I don't know how he doesn't. He killed two people in cold blood. Yeah. He did. That's noose-worthy. I don't know how old he's supposed to be. I think maybe 17, maybe. He maybe. might get some mercy and get life or something. Maybe. Because hes I don't think he's a danger to anybody else. They no. might be able to make an argument. No. But yeah, and the show goes on. Yes. Speaking of the show, you can find... Well, wait a minute. Our next episode... Oh, oh. man, guys. Season yep. one, season two, episode two, Snakes and Ladders. Yep. Uh, the day before Independence Day, 7-3, Snakes and Ladders, it is... Jack the Ripper! It is fantastic episode. Not some knockoff Italian Jack the Ripper in the text of a newspaper. It's, this is like big time. It's got Jack the Ripper. Mm. It's got board game. Yes. It's got the invention of uh, blacklight. Yes. It's got carriages and stories and like... It's, it's, it's a really fun one. It's a super good episode. Yes. You can find us everywhere. Yes. And I got I to gotta say, you guys are awesome, and we love you. And we just want to remind you to take the time to follow us on all these places. It helps new people find us. Mm -hmm. If you do a review on Apple Podcasts, it helps new people find us. So mm -hmm. follow us and like us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, all those good things. Same thing on Spotify, write a review. Just, we love everything that you say. Thank you very much. It just helps us so we much. We just want more people to join the fun. We just want more people to join the fun because then we're going to have a trivia night and it's going to be spectacular. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Nerds ahoy. Nerds ahoy. All right, until next time. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. Hey, uh, what's up?
What's his name? What do you, you have to edit this out. What do you call the cook? Cook? They had a nickname for cook. I don't know. 